0: Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number Five. Droplog hours here, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Adam Hill is the company. Demon is running the show. It's Cofield. We're going to hook up with uh, Coach Joe, former UNLV assistant coach, now with Marvin Menzies in Kansas City, taking over the Ruse program. So we'll talk to. uh, Coach Joe, our college basketball insider, in the middle of this hour. You and I both love basketball. Sure. Uh, I've grown. This is going to sound ridiculous. I've grown to love the NFL and college football now more than I ever have. But I always fall back on college basketball and the NBA draft. I love it, even though it's changed a lot. And the NBA is fascinating, Adam, because players come from out of nowhere for us. For us, those you know who aren't freaking scouts, right? All of a sudden you see a player who's been, you know, was drafted four or five years ago and they emerge when they're, you know, twenty-four years old. It's a worldwide game, so it's it's interesting where everyone's pulling players from, and the league's better and deeper than it's ever been. So there was a movie sorta based on that. Hustle. This is a Sandler, LeBron, Maverick Carter project. Have you watched it?
1: I did. I watched it.
0: Okay. This I... could be the rare case where, without instructing the other to do so, that I actually watched it as well. Look at that. So we both watched it.
1: Was it two nights ago? We could, we could have been watching at the it was, same time. It was
0: probably three nights ago. Okay. And actually, I wouldn't have watched it had it not been for the bigger sports fan in the house, the SO, the significant others, like, hey, I want to watch this hustle. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Because I always fear sports movies, because I'm like, eh, is this going to be like, you know, Moneyball, where who who was playing Paul DePietro? <laughs> it was
1: was uh, wasn't he uh, Jonah Hill?
0: It was fat Jonah Hill, not yeah. thin Jonah Hill. And I always have trouble when they cast people poorly. Well, um,
1: I mean, I, I think if you want like Moneyball was a legitimately like mainstream movie with right. like top actors.
0: Right.
1: Um, I I feel like if you want realism over that. Then you just cast actual basketball players, which is what they did.
0: What they did in Hustle, yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, you know, oh, we need a you know a slick agent. All right, let's go Kenny Smith. Like, he can probably play the role. Um, wasn't great. But, you know, at least it was more, it was people that understand. Like, I think there was people there to say, hey, this is not how it would work. Right. Like, the basketball scenes were incredibly realistic because they're NBA players that are there playing the were role.
0: tons of cameos. Tons, like I think I missed a bunch of them. When I saw the credits at the end, I was like, "Oh, that's what I said." I, I missed that person in the movie, and I thought the best casting of the entire thing was uh, Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah as a couple. I sure. thought that was super realistic. That nailed it.
1: I didn't. I felt like the the family storyline was pretty unnecessary, uh, and like the like the weird relationship with the daughter.
0: Like, okay, yeah, I don't understand. Like, what? Why? Okay, without spoiling it, what, okay. so what do you think of the movie? I loved, it. I loved it. I Actually, I thought the actor they got as the NBA player, or is this, as the... He's an NBA player. I was going to say, player. yeah, he's a
1: player in the sorry, NBA. I,
0: I misstated it. The guy who's playing the, you know, diamond in the rough, like, out of nowhere, surprise story guy is actually an NBA player, but I thought his acting was pretty good. Me too, yeah.
1: Uh I, I, thought, he Wancho? Wancho. Wancho? Yes. Uh, I thought he was phenomenal. Wancho? Wancho. Wancho? I thought he was phenomenal. Now, I didn't like... I, I felt like the, it didn't make sense that him and his family spoke English. Like super poor family in Spain, who he didn't he didn't get to play basketball because he had to like take care of his family and work for them. Okay, it didn't make sense that they spoke English. I didn't really get that part. Um, but I guess you have to to move the story, move the storyline along.
0: It was a good story. I so what I, would yeah, you give, I loved what it. would you give it out of ten?
1: Like a nine. Really? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Give
0: it a six. I thought it was solid. Not spectacular. I uh, particularly enjoyed a lot of the Philly sure. escape because, uh, you know, I'm around Philly often. Oh, I have a brother who lives in Philadelphia. out so. is
1: crushing cheesesteaks.
0: I thought that was cool that he was yeah. eating cheesesteaks. I actually, I thought the best cast, uh, casted person was the, well. This is easy. Don't don't ruin it. Uh, Duval's in the movie as the owner of the Sixers. He's got a son. I thought the son was awesome as oh. a hateable punch him right in the effing face character. Sure. Wake up, Vince, wake. Vince Merrick, played by Ben Foster,
1: wake up on third base. Thought oh, you had a triple.
0: God, he was so annoying. The worst. What a great foil.
1: The worst. No. Oh well. And if you want to talk about foil, I mean Anthony Edwards was incredible. Like I, I think he should win an Oscar, like <laughs> Best Supporting Actor. He was, a, he was so good.
0: I think you're taking this movie too seriously. Best
1: Supporting Actor, Anthony Edwards.
0: It's a good movie.
1: I, I'll vote for him. i mean, He was great.
0: And like, again, you know, Is it Sandler's best sports-related movie? Probably not. Happy Gilmore. Uh, I'd go Waterboy. And then what was the gambling movie that you guys all ripped? I un- thought it was awesome. Un- uncut Gems. Uh, I thought Uncut Gems was. It was awesome. great if you ignore was a great acting. Job. It was
1: great if you ignore all the mistakes in gambling. But,
0: but, that, but that's but that's every sports movie. We we no that's what we're saying I, about this you, one. There was there was a lot of stuff that was annoying in this movie. Yes. Like what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin it because that's what we well, do. I think I, I, I think don't, combine... don't want to watch sports movies and get too hardcore in sports and ruin it because that's what you do. Well, that's like, what your friends do.
1: I, I mean, I was I was a little bit disappointed in that. It, like a combine tryout game turned into a one-on-one battle. Like not, not, these guys Ooh. are not gonna let that happen. Yeah. Like everybody's trying out, not just right. two guys. By the what way, we you, know there,
0: you know there's multiple Anthony Edwards, right? Yes.
1: Okay. He's not the he's not the er Top Gun. I
0: swear to God, you know when you when you mentioned the name and you wrote it down, I was like, wait, I don't remember. That Anthony Edwards in this movie. And then I forgot the T Wolves Anthony Edwards actually is he he does a friggin' great you're right. I'm starting the campaign. Oscar, but best was, supporting actor. I'm starting the campaign right now. He was such a hateable character. Ugh. What a good trash talker. Oh,
1: so good. And yeah. apparently that's why they cast him, by the way. Not really. Like he if you follow like his press conferences are incredible. He's just got such a great personality. And they were like, we think he could turn this into like a, a villain type personality. And he did. He was awesome. I thought I just thought every time he was there, I was like, "Man, he's good." Um, so I was I was blown away by his performance, and Wancho was good too. Like I I just thought the, play, it. the- It's a good movie. Yeah. We're not
0: going to ruin I'm it. I'm telling you, if you if you're a basketball junkie, uh, old and new, there are so many cool cameos. Where, like, oh, you know, you'll see different people, and then at the end, you can you can kind of figure out who they were. It's really good. I didn't need the family. So I guess I'll give it a seven instead of a six. I definitely didn't need the family in it. Number four. Do we like Rory McIlroy or is he getting annoying with his anti live anti Saudi thing? I kind of I love that he was at the front end of just slaughtering Phil Mickelson a few months ago. Yeah, That's great. But now he's getting on Kepka and he used what word? Duplicitous. Duplicitous. Good word.
1: It's well, he's fancy. He's he's So what to do um, well he he's especially mad at the people that are like saying they're not going and then going. Like, if, I mean, he already had a problem with guys that are up front saying they're going, right. but now it's like, oh, I'm not going to go. Which no, is what we
0: said all along, and that's why last week when you and I played the Kepka audio and him getting mad at the media and annoyed and the, you know, Black Cloud, and we both we both said, we're like, well, this sounds like he's leaving, and he did. Kafka's yeah. leaving.
1: Yeah, and McElroy said, am I surprised? Yes, because of what he previously said. I think that's why I'm surprised at a lot of these guys, because they say one thing and then do another. I don't understand that, and I don't know if that's for legal reasons or if they just can't. I have no idea. But it's pretty duplicitous on their part to say one thing and then do another. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's accurate. Now, I mean, in the end, like, aren't you kind of secretly like, all right, all this new money coming to the PGA Tour, you guys are all gone. I'm gonna win all this money on my own here because I'm I'm the best player left. Uh, maybe there's maybe a little bit of that, but yeah, he's definitely annoyed. Um, and and I think a lot of guys. First of all, I think a lot of guys are annoyed because they're just gonna be keep they're gonna keep being asked about it. Mm-hmm. every single week until they go i guess there's no if you keep saying i'm not going i'm not going like you're still going to get asked because all these other guys are saying they're not going and then they end up going well
0: rory if he sticks around all the way through next year if 10 of the top 25 golfers were gone and live schedules head-to-head against the masters is he gonna bitch about the masters not being as competitive as it should be or will he just play and win and just take his money and should the green jacket just playing and win Right,
1: that's the way, that's the way to yes. go. Now again and again to remind people, like Bruce Kep or Bruce, I don't know, like Brooks Kepka like lashed out at people last week for even asking. Right, why are you even? We're we're here to play the US Open I think Open. a lot of the reporters knew. Why are you asking about yeah. this? Of course,
0: yeah, it's not a story.
1: And he, but he's snapping back at them. Well, why? Why would you even ask this? We're here he's, to play the US Open.
0: You know, the, you remember when we talked about the whole Deschambeau kepka thing? It was like it wasn't like who's the jerk. It's who's the bigger jerk. <laughs> right, they're both I jerks. And he's duplicitous. Number three. We spent probably 30 seconds yesterday on the retirement of Gronk. I actually, I talked about him being of interest to TV broadcasters, but not for one second did we sit there and go, hey, greatest tight end, what's his legacy? And it was confirmed today, right? Essentially. It's not done yet.
1: Essentially. I mean. What did Rosenau say? He made it pretty clear saying that you know what if tom brady really needs him and gives him a call i'm sure he's going to be open to it um it, it's ridiculous we knew this because remember the the stupid barbershop video leaked out and gronk's like ah, i'm gonna make everybody sweat a little bit this year ah brady did it before i'm gonna make everybody sweat now and essentially it was just rosenhouse saying you know what yeah he's done for now but if Tom reaches out and needs him and, and tries to make a pitch, I'm sure he's going to go ahead and do it and then of course Tom Brady responded to that by throwing up a a meme of him, you know, of a guy getting on the phone and like, "Hey, I need you." Like, of course. Like they're, they're all just playing this game. Like stop reacting like this is real. It's not real. Everybody knows he's going to play. He's going to play. He's just going to sit out training camp maybe the first couple weeks and then try to
0: ride in and help out Tom. Number 2. So we had that picture up uh, yesterday on ESPN Las Vegas and a poll question. The picture was Darren Waller and Kelsey Plum, Aces, Raiders, together hanging out at the inaugural nine awards. Now this has been a rumored deal here. We had a poll question up yesterday as well. Who is the all-time sports couple in the history of Las Vegas? By the way, I didn't really put any specifics on it because, yes, I do a lot of the poll questions. And then I saw arguments breaking out about, like, who was eligible as a couple and, like, do do whatever you want. Have fun. Well, the current but the um, current
1: winners are it's got to be Agassi and Steffi Graff. It was
0: Agassi right? and Steffi Graf. They actually finished three points behind, three percentage points behind Waller and Plum, and then uh, Mike Moser and Kasha quaker were on the list. And we were looking for other suggestions, but we kind of the rules we had, um, you know, where it's two athletes together, kind of reduces the field. Like I would accept, like you know, Coach and his. You know, wife is, you know, a track athlete from high school, something like that. Sure. That would have been kind of deep diving. So what is going on here with Waller and Plum? Because we sent Willie Ramirez out yesterday, and he may have asked, he may not have asked. We'll have a conversation with uh, Kelsey Plum tomorrow. I know there's been talk about engagement on the Plum side. So this has been, it seems like this has been very under wraps. Or were they just two pals who, you know, happened to, you know, one had the arm around the waist of the other, and they just took a picture together?
1: That's possible. I mean, it's it didn't look like that in the photo. But again, you never know. You never know. Photos happen all the time. I, now,
0: I mentioned the other day, Marty Cordova was in studio and we were like super chummy. Sure. You can't read a picture.
1: So what I would what I would say is obviously there's no first of all, who cares? I mean, I, we care. because Oh, Raiders, no.
0: Raiders fans care. Of
1: course, We care because it's interesting and it's fun. Like, but like if they I don't just
0: some Aces fans care, what too. I'm saying is
1: if they don't want to talk about it, like it's not we oh, yeah. don't have to no. like that's fine. But obviously it's very interesting to a lot of people. Like these things are, uh, I, I've been saying it privately for like six months. Like you make jokes about it, you're at the game and Darren Waller goes ballistic every time Kelsey scores.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that. Is that right? Like ballistic. So it's like, okay,
1: like a dad at a little league game. Oh,
2: kind of thing, that's great.
1: Which is cool. And, but like there was the rumor a couple weeks ago that Kelsey Plum had gotten engaged and she addressed it on social media. But like, wow, it's news to me. Is somebody going to introduce me to this mystery man? Like, okay, everybody knows who the assumption was that you're getting engaged to. Like, these rumors have been out there for a while. Um, but again, if they again, don't if they want to. Don't want to like, like, they don't have to. They don't have to. It's not, it's not. It's not. Test. Not our business to, like, force it out, I guess is the, is the thing. But obviously very interesting. And yes, this would be the top sports couple in Las Vegas history for very, sure very definitive on that oh yeah yeah <laughs> I
0: still have a feeling we're missing someone from the past
1: no you can't it can't get any bigger I mean if it's, if they're bigger than Andre and Steffi which I think they are like I think for a Las Vegas couple two major league teams by the way under the same banner
0: Ooh, okay yeah that, that's it's the that's, that's the key is that sure. under the same banner oh, yeah. oh, they're both Mark Avis employees that changes yeah. it's that great. takes them to the next level Number one. Top story as we get ready for Raiders camp. What's the official open of it? We know late July, right? Not How announced. They announce day? It's not announced. Well, what would you guess? July I would 20th? guess
1: I would guess rookies would report like July 18th and everybody else like to start camp 21st. Okay. That's a good guess. Total guess.
0: Are you ready? Uh, Are you ready first to all, talk about the offseason questions <laughs> and what positions they got to settle? I know ESPN had a story. Talking about uh, after all the uh, free agent signings, and they're not all done yet, uh, but the biggest question for the Raiders is to what settle right tackle settle the
1: right tackle. Right. Which, I mean that's pretty easy. Um,
0: Did you buy the report from uh, Raider Nation Radio expert uh, Hondo that Lester Cotton would be one of the starting guards? Not necessarily. Well, when I saw that, I was like, I think it's. I think there's a lot of competition still going on. I mean, and and the right tackle in practice most often was Alex Leatherwood. I don't know that he's playing right tackle.
1: Well, are so we... That could be the guard. Are we also going to count this quote-unquote report as a year behind? Like, Lester Cotton in training camp last year was my A.J. Cole. Right. Like He won every
0: drill. Were you looking for a Lester Cotton scoop and now you're mad that it's been... No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying,
1: like, he stood out every single day in training camp. Right. He, at practice, you would watch. He was, I thought, the best offensive lineman they had next to Colton Miller. Right. Um Never happened. So I, I think
0: you can by the way, John Simpson was also listed as a starter. Sure. On the Raider Nation radio nine twenty projection of the offensive line by sure. Morningstar Honda.
1: Um but like I, I just I feel like you watch him practice and you're very, very impressed by him. For whatever reason, yeah. it hasn't translated. But it's right. a new regime. We'll see we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with how this plays out. But yeah, he's been getting some some solid reps and he's been looking really, really good again. I, I thought he did last year, but it didn't happen.
0: And you do think still that the right tackle is the most important position that is unsettled?
1: Well, I, yeah, but I, I mean, I also think it's, you know, there's time to do it, obviously, and, and it really just comes down to whether or not Alex Leatherwood wins the job. I mean, it, it's it's important because that settles multiple positions. If he does win the right tackle spot, and now, okay, right guard is open, and what do you do there? And you can start to kind of formulate where the rest of the things fall into place. But until, until there's a determination of where Alex Leatherwood is going to be, it's kind of tough to really start
0: filling in the rest of the spots. He moves inside. Number one choice is Brandon Parker. Parker. Who I think you told me at one point, you thought Parker might not even be back. And then they brought him back.
1: There might have been people in his camp that didn't believe that the Raiders wanted him.
0: Okay. But turned out they did. This is going to be fascinating, yeah. right? Because the expectations are so high. So high for this offense. All these weapons. And let's not forget, the offensive line was a problem last year,
1: and they still were able to make the play. away with it. And so I think with even more weapons, they should maybe be able to go, get away with it again. But you don't want to get away with it. You want to have improvement there.
0: Coming up, we need uh, to lean on a hometown hero for some advice on Deshaun Watson and also Baker Mayfield, OJ Simpson on the way.
2: Deshaun Watson settled uh, 20 of those 24 cases now. I do believe that some of the girls just jumped aboard, but who knows?
0: It's Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studios.
2: The four that's holding out, they may have a better case against them, and I have no doubt that with it being the same lawyer involved with all 24 cases, that some of those girls, uh, at least the last four, is going to get uh, more ducats. <laughs>
0: As we, told you, a hometown hero. Uh, we like his videos, but well, let me also say we're trying to get into his fantasy football league. True. So take what we say with a grain of salt because we're trying to be nice, but
1: keep also in mind, we may be within eyesight of his house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oge, there, there's topics where there needs to be some self-awareness. And I, I and I understand OJ is very familiar with the legal system. Very familiar with the ins and outs. But I don't think high priced financial I, I don't I just verdicts. don't I don't think it's his place to be chiming in on female issues of harassment and assault and it's just not it's not. It's not. OJ OJ, what not,
2: would
1: you what not, would you not, do not, if a woman did you wrong?
0: Not not here. <laughs> Not here, not now. Not here, not now. Please.
1: I uh, <laughs>
0: Be very careful.
1: I'm looking out the window.
0: This is a this is a league. You want to be in that fantasy league. I really do. Be very careful. Uh, let's just pivot I think really, OJ's right. Let's just pivot really quickly. Don't say that. Well, let's pivot really quickly. Um, here's OJ talking about Baker Mayfield and the advice he would give to Mayfield with it looking like Deshaun Watson could be out 8, 12, 16 games this year for the Browns.
2: What I'm thinking about now is really Baker Mayfield. You know, people say, what is Baker going to do, or what are they going to do with Baker? If I'm Baker, I'm going in there, and I'm going to play the best football of my life. He's trying to show the other teams uh, what he's capable of doing. All right, I'm getting ready to watch this uh, January uh, 6th committee thing that's coming on in a few minutes. So take care.
0: You too. I love love OJ. You too. You too. He's the best. (laughs) He's like, you know, what? I've done my football take for the day. It's uh, time to watch the hearings. All right, there you go. O.J. Simpson, golfer, Heisman winner, former NFL star, and other stuff. It's topical. Uh, he's 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 usually on. He's on a hot topic. Uh,
1: he's
0: I, he's on a hot topic. I will say today, um, I was a little concerned. He looked a little tired. Seriously, he looked a little tired. He looked a little worn out. So that wasn't that wasn't his best. And I I think. If maybe he could think through the Deshaun take a little bit.
1: I think you perfectly valid. Uh
0: you're not objective I, this.
1: As far as the, the Baker stuff, uh you like that I was being very vague about everything today. I was at dinner last night with a Browns fan, very prominent ESPN personality last night, who's a Browns fan. Man. And uh we were talking about There's
0: it. No information today, just stories and they just they they just fall flat. Let's, prominent Browns fan. What's
1: okay. uh Brett Okamoto? Oh, okay. Big Browns fan. Um and we were discussing prominent. he's very prominent. Keep going. Big, big part of the broadcast. Uh we we're discussing like h- how big of a story it would be cuz it's not out of the question. It does look like maybe Baker Mayfield is closer to being traded potentially according to some reports. But if they hold on to him because Deshaun Watson gets suspended potentially a full year, it still is a roster that's ready to compete. Mm-hmm. And if Baker Mayfield is healthy and motivated by the fact that he needs to get a contract after this yeah. season, They just signed Deshaun Watson to a $230 million guaranteed contract. What if Baker Mayfield, I don't know, won the AFC championship? What if he takes them to a Super Bowl? That would be amazing. What do they do? That would be crazy. What a story that would be. I would love that is las vegas and is the betting world kind of overlooking a little sleeping maybe on uh the raiders
2: for you guys to win the AFC west and listen i know the chiefs are always going to be the favorite that makes sense to
0: me it's cofield and company the chiefs
2: have lost pieces that were very integral to what they wanted to do in the honey badger and in tyree as well so if i'm gonna place money on where the value is to take the raiders to win the AFC west at plus 600 i might actually do that today
0: Always talking football, but we got to get to some basketball. That was uh, Trista on with uh, Vinny on the morning show on Raider Nation Radio 920. If you haven't heard the show, brand new show. Uh, Great job of grabbing guests. And uh, Clay and Heidi and Vinny are a must-listen. And that was a really good guest spot this morning from uh, a gambling expert who said the Raiders are the value and she might bet them today to win the AFC West. All right. I want to talk draft. I want to see what's going on in this guy's life because we haven't talked to him in a couple of months, but he's been really busy. Coach Joe, Joe Esposito, former UNLV assistant coach, is with us, and he's got a new gig in Kansas City, and he's joining Cofield & Company here on a Wednesday. Joe, how you doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing great, man. Great to hear your voice.
0: All right. First of all, Adam, right out of the gates before we talk about Kansas City, do you, do you want to apologize to I do, Joe?
1: but for, first, I just I actually think you might have a good take on this, too. Uh, coach, cereal in the bowl first or milk in the bowl first?
3: Cereal. Of course, because you're not a psychopath. What? No question. Put that cereal in. Get as much as you can in that bowl, baby. And then as you're pouring the milk, put your hand on the top to hold it all in.
0: <laughs> <You> see?
3: <laughs> Coach Joe right.
0: knows.
1: Coach
3: Joe knows. Give, me, is
0: give no. me the apology because I I thought I had heard that you were going to hang out with Joe when you were in Kansas City. You yeah. were on vacation. What went down?
1: Well, we were. I mean, we were like 30 shots in in the night, and we were trying to pressure. We, I was trying to pressure Coach Joe into coming out, and you made the right decision not coming out with us. We were, we were a train wreck that night, but we did want to see you, and – I will say we had a bunch of basketball fans that I was trying to talk into buying UMKC season tickets. So I wanted you to get out there. <laughs> there
3: well, that, that's a big that's a big job for you. That's good now. You're, you're off to a good start. But, you know, that was the first night I got here and you're calling me all night long. I'm trying to oh, yeah. unpack the car uh, and everything <laughs> else. But, uh, but you know what? We'll, you'll come do it again because I know you like barbecue. This is the hot spot. So we'll see you soon. For sure.
0: All right. Joe, well, tell us about the new job. Uh, Marvin Menzies gets the uh, the Kansas City job. You're with him. You've been a longtime assistant around college basketball, and you're good buddies with Marvin Menzies. Why was this the right spot?
3: Well, for 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 coach, it was a great spot because uh, you know he really felt that this was this was the job. You know, he got a, he had a lot of guys talking to him about different positions. He turned down a job about a week before, and you know he he's just a guy that just loves the game and loves being around kids and recruiting kids and. He had a great relationship with the athletic director here. He knew him for a lot of years. And this program here, which we're calling No More UMKC, now we call it Kansas City Basketball, is a sleeping giant. We believe that it's a program that hasn't even reached its ground level. They've never been to the NCAA tournament. All these things that we are all about trying to do and build, and it's been a great spot. It's a one-horse town, um, and we're the only Division I school in the city. There's a lot of great sports here in, in the town when you got, you know, MLS soccer and you got the Chiefs and you got the, the Royals. And it's just a really, really cool place. We're really excited about being here. He felt it was the right gig, gave me a call and, you know, he can recruit now. So he got me on that phone. And once he got my wife on that phone, I was leaving a heck of a job out in Phoenix. But uh, I'm really happy to be here.
1: Well, my bad for uh, getting the branding wrong. We're, we'll, we'll stick with uh, with Kansas City for sure. Um, when when you you talk about the the advantages and you know the excitement of hey look it just hasn't happened here and so it it it's you know blazing a path kind of being the first. Um, how do you kind of balance that that excitement and enthusiasm with also man this is a daunting task that hasn't really been able to happen before.
3: Well, you know I think that's the excitement every day you come to work. You're talking about building that monster. You know that bam we always talked about wherever I've been. And all the things you do every day, you know. When we leave the office, we we say to ourselves, you know, what did we do today to make this program better? And uh, Coach and I are living together now. We, we we're living together just right now, I should say, in a Marriott <laughs> hotel. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we we work all night. Uh, the incredible job that he's done recruiting already is, is remarkable. As you guys know, we'll we'll have many foreigners. I think we already signed nine international players. From seven foot two to six ten to six nine to six eight, so we're going to be a bunch of JTTs, a bunch of Joels, and we're going to be ready to go. Um, but it's exciting, you know, the whole part of building something and, and changing a culture, and it going out in the community and doing a good job of building that excitement and uh, trying to put put a program on the map and you know the greatest stories in the NCAA tournament are always those Cinderella stories, the ones that get in there, the St. Peter's, the ones that get in there and make a run. We really believe that that's something that could be possible here, and we're working as hard as we can every day to get that done.
0: Coach Joe, Coach College Basketball with uh, Kansas City, the Ruse and Marvin Menzies, the head coach, Joe Esposito is here with us. A um, little more on Kansas City in a couple of minutes, but I wanted to lean on you for some of the Vegas guys going into the NBA draft. Uh, first of all, you're, you know, you're very familiar with Jaden Hardy from his brother, Amari Hardy, who was uh, brought into the program by you guys when you were here at UNLV. What do you think of Jaden as a prospect? And and I wonder where he's going to go in the draft because I've seen him anywhere from, you know, right around 12, and I saw a mock draft today that had him at the bottom of the first round.
3: Yeah, you know, unfortunate for him, that, that going to the G League probably hurt a little bit, I think. You know, because I think when he was coming out of high school, you look at he was the – you know, top guard in the country and the number two overall player in the whole class of 21 When ESPN. He's averaging 30 points a game in high school, nine rebounds, eight assists. I mean, he was doing everything out there in Vegas. And then him going to the G League um, for whatever reason, you know, didn't really help him as far as his game. I, you know, shooting was now the question mark. He only shot 27 percent from the three in the G League. He shot 35 percent from the floor, which is kind of alarming. So there are some things that kind of dropped him out of that top 10, where I think he would have been in that lottery area. And now he's sitting in the twenties. I, I think he's going to go somewhere in between 21 and 26. Um, but, you know, he's got a lot of strengths. He's a great ball handler. You know, he can definitely get his shot off. He can create space, but defensively, he, he may be a liability at that level. And that's something that I think a lot of the teams are getting concerned about. Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, I would have said to him, go to college. You know, with all the things that colleges can offer now with NIL, he probably took a pay cut going to the G League. Um, there's so many things out there for, for student athletes now. And to be in that college environment and that excitement would be a different type of lifestyle that he would have at G League. And I think that hurt him a little bit. So I think his draft's going to still be a good draft in the first round, but I think it's going to be a little, a little bit lower than it should have been.
0: Well, think about it, Joe. If he had gone to college, I think it was likely that he could have gone to Arizona. I mean, Arizona was awesome already. They might have won a national championship, and you know maybe that changes the uh, the image a little bit for Jaden Hardy, uh, local Vegas guy. I know you, I, I know you don't love when I bring up Orlando Robinson. We won't go into the backstory, but <laughs> Fresno guy, he's been slated in the '40s in a lot of the mock drafts. I think he can carve out an NBA career. He's certainly a pro basketball player. What do you think of uh, Orob?
3: Yeah, I definitely think that he's going to have a pro career. You know, when you look at his stats from his first year. Um, to, to now that, that, you know where he was and where he is now, he improved in every area. You know He came in shooting the ball poorly from three, but now he's shooting over 35%. So he's got that three-point shot that's a big part of the NBA now at this point. His rebounds went up. His scoring went from 12 points to 19. He's really a skilled big guy with a lot of length, got a lot of intangibles, can really score. I mean, I think he's got probably some of the best post moves of anybody in the draft. The problem with him, he's, he's just an average athlete. Like he's not an NBA athlete. Um, he's, he's a little heavy foot. You know, he's a guy that has a little bit of, of, of trouble kind of making space in the post because his feet are slow. And uh, the best thing about him too, he has great length. And even though he has great length with like a seven, four wingspan, he does not block shots and he's not a really great rim protector. Cause he doesn't get off the floor quick enough. So I think with the right, trainers with the right staff with the right people working him out every day I think he will have a pro career but I think you're right I think he's going to be somewhere in the 40s and uh, he may be better off you know going as a free agent not even getting drafted where he can pick the, the team he plays within the summer and maybe that'll help it because you never know what program he's going to get in if he falls in the draft
0: if you had a draft one of these guys you got to draft one of them Donovan Williams or David Roddy
3: I'm going with Roddy. You know, Donovan Williams, I just don't think he'll get drafted. I mean, if you look at his stats, his freshman and sophomore year weren't very good. He had bad numbers. He had a good year last year. He should have stayed in school. He still had two years of eligibility left. But on the other side with the Roddy kid, I mean, I think he's going to be a draft pick. It's late, probably second round. Um, I think he'll go somewhere 39, 40, right in that area. The thing with him is he's 6'6", 260, and he's got a 6'11 half wingspan. I mean, Roddy can do a lot of things. Um, He might be a great tight end, to be honest. Would you like the kid from Texas Tech, Silva? Um, He probably would be a great tight end. But I would go with Roddy in there. I don't think Donovan Williams is going to get drafted. I think he left school too early. He probably should have stayed around UNLV and the things they're building there.
0: Top of the draft, if you have the number one pick. Bancaro, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, or maybe the wild card, Jaden Ivey.
3: Well, I mean, if you're Orlando and I'm coaching at Orlando, I'm going to go with Jabari because they need scoring. I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of length. He's got a lot of versatility. He's got a great stroke from three. And I think that's what the difference is. You know, Paolo they like, um, but he doesn't shoot the three like a guy like Jabari. I had the great, awesome opportunity to coach Jabari last summer. And I had him on my team. And we played Chet. We played Pablo. And the opportunity, our point guard was Ty uh, Washington, who actually played as Cesar Chavez and also – um, you know, his guy that's going to be drafted in the top 20. Um, Jabari's a great kid. He's a great face of a program. I think someday he'll be the number one scoring option on an NBA team, especially the Magic. So they really, really needed that scoring. So I think that's why they're leaning in that direction. Because Chet Holmgren, he, he's the same kind of guy in a lot of ways. He's a great defender. He does amazing things defensively. He can also shoot the three. But I think his strength is, um, you know, getting stronger is going to take a little while, and Jabari probably has more strength right now, and they need him to score next year. Is there a
1: like a, a method, or is there something that you look at to determine? We we were talking about some of these guys that kind of blossom, you know, three years after they're drafted. Um, you know, maybe get a little bit of G League experience or even a bench experience in the NBA, and all of a sudden they blossom. Uh, is there like a, a something that you look at in particular to say, oh, maybe this person has that ability to do that, or is that kind of just You just never know circumstances, how they're going to play out.
3: Well, you don't know how they're going to play out. I think always every recruit's a crapshoot. But there are a few things that we always look at. Obviously, basketball IQ. You know, how well do they know the game? Do they understand the game? Because that really makes a difference when you're talking about playing at that level. Because everyone's a good player. Everybody's a good athlete. So what's going to hold you above the rest? I think IQ is a big part. And then your work ethic. You know, how much time are you going to put in the gym? How much time other than practice are you going to work? Are you a guy that's going to really, really work hard? I think the best guy in this draft three, four years from now is going to be Ivy from Purdue. I think he's a guy that, you know, he very easily could be a first pick. But, uh, you know, with his size and stuff, they can get a bigger guy that can shoot it as well, if not better than he can. But he's going to definitely surprise a lot of people. He's extremely fast. He's got great strength. He can really explode and finish around the rim. He's a guy that I think long term will be a guy that people say, man, why didn't he go, you know, one or two in the draft? I think he's that guy. And then, of course, there's other guys in the draft. You never know where they're going to end up and how things are going to work out. Ty Ty Washington's another example. I think he's probably one of the better guards. I think he's going to fall somewhere between 15 and 20. So it's always that thing, man, where how hard are they going to work, how dedicated they're going to be. Who's around them? You know, where are they coming from? What kind of program? When you look at Jabari Smith, his dad played in the NBA. Chad Holmgren's dad played at Minnesota. He was a kid that I remember when he was growing up when I was out there coaching. I mean, what kind of background do these kids have? What type of things are they going to be influenced by? Um, and you see that all the time in the NBA.
0: Joe Esposito, the coach, is with us. So you're well-traveled. This is the way it works with a lot of assistant coaches in college basketball. And, you know, we just talked to a guy – Yesterday, in uh, Barrett Perry, who's now on the UNLV staff, and about a month ago, we talked to uh, John Cooper, who is on the staff. You familiar with those guys?
3: I am very familiar with them. As a matter of fact, I sat there watching Bishop Gorman play with the Mountain Phoenix about uh, three or four days ago.
0: <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. So, so what do you think? What 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 uh, strengths do these guys bring to the program uh, working with Kevin Kruger?
3: I think they're both absolute fantastic hires. I think both of those guys are super people. Now, John Cooper is from Kansas City. So he was giving me the lowdown about Kansas City. He said, if you ever get in trouble, just say, you know, Coop. I don't know <laughs> if that's going to work, but it sounded good. But I got, a funny, I got a funny feeling, though. If I just say something, yeah, hey, I know Coop. I don't know if it's really going to help me. But he did tell me the best barbecue spots. He did tell me a lot of people to get in touch with. I think Coach Cooper is is a super guy. Um, he was the head coach of Tennessee State, and that was a school also that I worked at. Whenever I sing, sing, see him, we sing the Tennessee uh, State fight song. Um, and he's a super guy, and you're going to like him. He's got a great personality. He'll be great around the fans. Barrett Perry is another class act. He's a, he's a man with a lot of value, a lot of morals. He's a good person. He's a good coach. Um, he was at Texas Tech last year. They went to the Sweet 16. And, uh, you know, great job Coach Kruger gets him to leave Texas Tech and go to UNLV. That's a heck of a get. When you're pulling a guy out of a program like that, that's a power five. Um, Coach Krueger's done a great job with his team. Um, you know, we got a chance to talk to his dad a little bit before with Coach. You know, Coach Marvin uh, was able to get him at our retreat and speak to our staff uh, because of that great tie that Marvin has with, with Lon Krueger. And uh, I think he's going to do a great job. And I think those are two great additions. And I think that program is definitely heading in the right direction.
1: Coach, of all the places you've been, who had the worst fight
3: song? What school? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I don't even know what some of them were, to be honest with you. I, knew, I know the ones that were fun to sing at the end of the, uh, like, Texas Tech's a great one and all, but I could not tell you, I don't even know what UNLV's fight song was, to be honest oh, with. I wasn't up there close. long enough to learn it. What was the song there? Can you guys sing UNLV fight song? Uh, you're not going to get us to sing. Well, I don't know no, if you can sing it, but I wonder if I should call Desiree. Oh, well, Desiree's right down the street. Maybe she can sing the song to me. Are you guys... She'll uh...
0: Are you and Desiree chatting a lot now?
3: I don't know. I mean, maybe we can go out for some barbecue sometime if she's running through Kansas City. All right. Q39, go break, hit it up. It'll be break, good. Q39, that's the spot. That's what Coop said, Q39. Yeah, that's the spot.
0: There you go. Uh, Joe, I got a, I got a question for you. It's a little awkward on the air, but did you check your email like thoroughly today?
3: You know, I totally did, and I want to say thank you because you finally <laughs> paid me for my bet. You finally paid me, and I, I appreciate that. I can't wait to eat that pizza over at Minsky's. Um, I haven't had their pizza yet, so I'm going to bring a $100 over there and see how much pizza I can eat. It's
0: good. It's 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 good pizza. I've had it many times. But, uh, yeah, that was our bet going back, I think, the unbeaten season uh, for San Diego State, like, towards the end. And uh, I was saying they were going to lose, like, three games in conference, and they didn't even come close to losing three games. They lost to UNLV. But, uh, yeah, it took a while to pay that off, so I apologize. But I, you landed in Kansas City now with a new gig, and they, they have good pizza there. You know what? I'll also – I can hook you up at a good Italian place, but it's a little far from where you live. I'm not going to tell people where you're, where you're living, but I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with the owner of that place and we'll get you some good Italian food too. Yeah,
3: we're finally getting settled in. Coach is moving into his house in about a week. And his, the guy right across the street from me is one of the uh, great chiefs, uh, Kelsey. So if we can't get tickets, oh, wow. he can't build that relationship. Uh, we got to figure something out because we got to get some tickets to the chief game and then uh, i'm moving into the house of uh the former defensive back armani watts who was traded so uh, we're both excited about our living conditions here in Kansas City we're excited about the school we we love our athletic director we love the people we work with we got a great staff and um, we hired some great people a lot of a lot of rick patino ties on our staff from guys that coach knew and guys that coach recommended. So there's a lot of cool things happening. Um, We're excited about that. And as a matter of fact, we got the director of basketball operations for us is a former uh, New Mexico, uh, New Mexico guy. And, uh, you know, he came here, he was working for little Patino. And uh, the first thing I asked him when I met him was snake. (laughs) I told him, I said, I still have nightmares about the snake.
0: Snake, yeah. Wow. He's he's. I was there last year. He's as scary as he's ever been. He's he's a creepy guy, man. He's real. He's real creepy. Well, I can't tell you how thrilled we are for uh, you and Marvin Menzies. I think it's awesome. I think you guys will do a great job there, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can clear it with the AD and we can get you on on a on a regular basis. But now your first concern is building a, a big time basketball program. So we're, we're rooting for you,
3: Joe. Go, go, Ruse. I appreciate that, guys. Talk to you soon. See ya, yes, sir.
0: There he is, Joe as- with Marvin Menzies, we'll get. Hopefully, we'll get Marvin on sometime down the road. And no surprise <laughs> that he's going to go the international route to pull in a bunch of players. We got the grab bag on the way. Uh, Adam Hill found, I think, the worst cover band ever. Do we actually have audio of this? Oh no.
2: Cofield and Company presents.
1: Hey,
0: hold on!
2: Grab bag.
0: Don't touch it. Don't even look at it.
1: Only on ESPN, Las Vegas.
0: You know, we do 15 minutes with Coach Joe, one of our regulars. Uh, He just got, you know, a new assistance job with Kansas City, the Ruse Marvin Menzies is the head coach, former UNLV coach. And the thing that you get out of the interview that's most important to you is that Joe Esposito agreed with your serial take. You are so weird.
1: He took it one step further, though. Because he said you have to, you have to put your hands over the cereal so you can put enough milk in where the cereal rises out of the bowl.
0: But you don't want it spilling over. But you don't want it
1: spilling over. Now my thought would be just to have a second
0: bowl. I don't you... know what. See, I when he said that, I had no idea what he was talking about because you guys. I think you guys over milk it. Well, clearly he does. That's a lot of milk. Yeah. It's just there to wet it a little bit. I, don't know, I think. And then you guys no. are looking to like make gravy with Fruit Loops and all the, the yeah. cinnamon toast crunch and. And I've already told you, I was never allowed to eat that stuff. I, I like a nice I, full I, bowl I of soup. Bouncing off the walls in a Cornholio sugar rush. It's definitely soup. Into the grab bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, you found a cover band. I, I've never heard of these guys before. I had to do a little research. Who are the Winkle Winkle? What Winkle Voss twins? Who are they? You didn't know who they were? I didn't know who they were. They like, the they,
1: real inventors of Facebook?
0: Oh, really? They get robbed? According to them, yeah, they got a settlement, right? Yeah, like sixty-five million dollars. Yeah, so they're in some kind of cover band, and I don't, I don't know where this, um, where they got to set up at this bar. But if I, if I were at that bar and I paid cover to get in, and these two guys get up there and start singing,
1: Well, they're also, by the way, like the epitome of everything we hate on this show. Like just absolutely of just like they. I mean, if somebody's like, if somebody ever asks you like, what's white privilege, you're just like,
2: here,
0: Winkle Voss twins. The Winklevoss. I, I don't what. Okay, I don't. Let's see what they're trying to sing here. Okay, so they're trying to do some rage. They're not like incredible. But that, first
1: of all, there's something so incredibly ironic and troubling. Oh, of course, and, that song with them, the Winklevoss twins yeah. singing
0: rage. Yeah, they're they're raged. You know. You really think that, is that the way they live their life? Rage against fighting, us. Fighting the powers? <laughs> yes. That'd be? Come on, man. And then I think they try...
1: That Jur- was actually their best. I,
0: I think they try Journey here. And I'm just telling you, as a very amateur karaoke person, Journey is impossible to sing unless you have a real voice. Frankly, if you're going to try Journey, you should probably be a woman. And they try to do it here. I think the guitar is okay, but the vocals, ugh. <laughs>
1: I mean, if that, was oh, ca- if that was karaoke, you'd be like, all right, it's kind of funny. Right, like, if it's karaoke. Plan. like They're trying to
0: do a real band. What? Oh, man. It was, it was not. Uh, I don't know who they are, but that was not good. But, hey, you know what? Good for them. They're so rich that they have the uh, the sack to throw up on the table to, to do Journey.
1: Not good for and them. I'm,
0: but, by the way, I'm sure there are real guitar players who are like, that was horrific. How dare you say that it was decent?
1: You, I mean, I think you were kidding, too. It was not. <laughs> it was not good. All right, we're
0: going to wrap it up here. Come see our cover band tonight. Come see our cover band. For Damon, Adam Hill, Don't it's Thanks to Battleborn Injury layers for housing the show today.